This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, December 30th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. Very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker. Man, I, I'm in Atlanta. You're in Scottsdale. Man, brass tacks. Let's just get right to it. Give me your final score prediction, then we'll get into other stuff. Let's just get right to it, though. Give me your final score prediction for tomorrow night. We want a, just a prediction, or, or are we just going to give the feelings how we feeling about the game, Dave? Let's give a final score prediction, then we'll get into the other stuff. Let's just get right to it, and then we'll get into then we'll get into the other stuff. Let's just final score prediction. You want me to go 30, first? I'll go for go okay. first. Thirty eight, thirty four, Buckeyes. Right, let's go, let's go, Dave. Hey, them boys are coming. And uh, after that Michigan game, after the emotions calmed down a little bit, just taking a look at what George is going to do, uh, how Ohio State is. I know a lot of people on Twitter is like, oh, I've heard this song before. I've heard this before, this and that. They've been talking to, uh, you know, smack all year and see where see where that got them. Nah, Dave, I just get a different feeling from hearing the players, hearing the coaches, that they understand the mission, which is go in there, be aggressive, match their intensity, because if you don't, they know that they cannot beat this Georgia team. And because they are fully aware of that, and they're healthy. I'm just going with the Buckeyes, Dave. They may call me a homer after this show, but hey, 38-34, let's roll. That was almost my exact score, and then I went with 38-30, to Buckeyes. I wrote it down, 38-30. to I almost went 38-34. It's funny you said that. I was thinking, I was like, it's kind of trying to figure out my score. So we have the exact same score for the Buckeyes. Who cares? I don't care if they win by a point. Yep. Just win the game. All right, let's get into – you want to start with what you're confident about or what you're you're more worried about with the Buckeyes? Let's start with the confident. I mean, I, I feel like the Ohio State passing attack is, is set to have a day. Uh, 
the hearing Kevin Wilson talk, Dave, hearing Ryan Day talk, hearing Urban Meyer um, talk. Uh, his his quick little comments with the local news station, basically highlighting what everybody's been saying is attack Georgia down the field. That secondary has issues playing the football, finding the ball. They are prone to giving up chunk plays. They are prone to giving up a lot of yards. What Ohio State's strength is as far as the offense, that is something that Georgia struggles with. They've also had issues uh, when it comes to their uh, pass rush, getting after the quarterback. I do think Ohio State's tackles will hold up on here. Uh, you know, the interior, that's going to be something we'll talk about as far as a concern. But when you look at the health, you got a team that's coming in here healthy, Dave. Ryan Day, historically, Getting getting a month off to prepare for a team, he usually has his guys dialed in, ready to play. I'm going to trust that he's going to have these kids ready to go for this game. And I just look at uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. going up against Keely Ringo. I think Emeka Abuka is finally healthy. There was a lot of talk uh, towards the end of the season that he was so banged up that he could barely even get his uh, arm over his head. That's how banged up he was, and he was gutting through it. Case Dover was also significantly banged up. You get Mayan back. So I just think that this offense is going to be able to move the football here. I know George is physical. They're aggressive. They're a very disciplined defense. But what Ohio State has as a string, I think it will play well to getting, getting the offense churning up and down the field. Now, once they get in the red zone, they're going to have to score because field goals will not win this game. That's exactly right. Um, all right, so we know about Jalen Carter, best defensive tackle in college football. He's phenomenal. He'll be a top four pick. Um, some are saying he could be the number two overall pick. We'll see. He's fantastic. They've got the best tight end combination that uh, maybe in college football history. I don't know. Um, get into that, both you know Jalen Carter and the tight ends. And what else are you concerned about when you look at this game? Jalen Carter's a problem. Um, you know, I, I don't think Matthew Jones is going to be able to handle him by himself. They're going to have to figure out a way uh, to move the pocket away from him because he is that disruptive. Uh, you look at the run game, running towards him, basically you're running into a wall. He's probably going to be the number one defensive player off the board come NFL draft this spring. So he's a beast. There's no, there's no mistake around it. You're just going to have to try to game plan around him, run some traps, um, you know, run some, if you need to leave a back in there for pass pro, you're going to have to be able to do that. When it comes to the tight end, Dave, uh, we do have some undersized defensive backs trying to get those guys, um, you know, to, to hold on to Washington. I mean, you're talking about a mountain of a man, six, seven, six, eight, uh, and he's built like a Greek God. So just being able to, you know, get him down once he catches the ball and then just trying to maintain, um, your discipline with Brock Bowers, because if not, he will beat you. You look at Georgia, their top five, you know, when it comes to top five pass catchers is running backs and tight ends. Ohio State ranks number two in the country on defense when it comes to defending the pass against the running backs and the tight ends. They did an excellent job against Mike Mayer, the Notre Dame tight end. Uh, so, but you, this is a whole different beast. These are two, like you said, a combination of guys that they haven't seen before. So I'm curious how Jim Knowles is going to be able to do this. Can they stop the run, Dave? That's my question. Sitting in a in a four two look uh, with the with the three safeties back there, if they can stop the run and they can hold up with not having to bring an extra guy into the box, 
I think that's going to be critical. But to me, when it comes to the defense, Dave, the most important thing is you got to be able to generate pressure on Stetson Bennett. You cannot let him sit back there and pick and choose where he wants to go with those tight ends. We, if you go back and watch that Missouri game when, when Georgia struggled, they were getting pressure and they weren't having to bring manufactured pressure. Their defensive line was getting after it. So JT Tuamalu, Zach Harrison, those interior guys, I would love to see a, uh, a healthy Mike Hall show those flashes that we saw against Notre Dame early on. Now that he's fully healthy, they're going to need those, some type of pressure from their front four. No doubt about it. So um, you touched on this a little bit. I asked Ryan Day about this. I don't remember – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong – including the commenters i followed ohio state football for a long time i don't remember an ohio state team dealing with this many injuries and as you mentioned there were injuries that they didn't even talk about like Cade stover is not going to make an excuse but he was asked about playing the second half of the season completely banged up of course he's not going to make any excuses Emeka buka you talked about that couldn't even lift his like arm over his shoulder kind of a problem when you're a wide receiver or a football player in general right. i don't remember an ohio state team being this banged up throughout a season i mean travion henderson jackson smith and jigba the corners, there was a time when they had like two healthy corners and they were both freshmen, J.K. Johnson and, and Jair Brown, redshirt freshman, true freshman. I asked Ryan Day about this to get into that. You know, I know it's football and, and there are injuries, but, but did you get hit harder than usual? And how much of these five weeks helped? And he gave a really cool answer. He like went in detail about like, yeah, you know, we got hit hard, but like it was really just a couple positions. You can't use that as an excuse. But he said these five weeks off have been huge. This is as healthy as the Buckeyes have been since they entered camp, Jay Book. Right. I mean, I think one part of it, we've heard all year that the intensity of the practice was ratcheted up another level. Uh, going into the season, one of the biggest question marks that a lot of people talked about was the toughness, the physicality of this program. Only way that you're going to become a more physical football team is you got to be able to hit. And from what I've heard and you've heard that these practices have been a, a much more of a grind than it was the previous season because they really wanted to hammer home the physicality front. And in order to be able to get a look that you want to good on good, it's going to be some collisions in practice. And I think that probably could have taken a toll. Um, I do. I do think that they probably need to look in, in the off season, some more preventative maintenance um, techniques with their guys. And, and we've even had it on the, the buck nest. Like, Hey, get some of those guys out there doing some yoga, some stretching, loosen them up a little bit, loosen those hips up um, and try to keep them a little bit more fluid. But yeah, you're right. You talk about the guys that are all banged up. I mean, Towards the end of the season, Kate Stover was out there looking like RoboCop with the brace and the way he was moving. Uh, he was so banged up. And so just getting him back healthy, hopefully that's going to help him in all assets of the game when it comes to blocking on the perimeter, being able to, uh, you know, catch those critical balls. But I just think that Emeka Ibuka being healthy is huge, Dave, because everyone knows that Marvin Harrison Jr. going to be the guy. I'm sure George is going to scheme around trying to slow him down there. Georgia runs uh, a too high safety look, you know, top 10 and then top 15 of college football. That's how much they're in it. Marvin Harrison juniors, when it comes to too high safety looks, his target share dropped from like 35, 32% down to like the low twenties. So that is a way that teams have been able to try to slow down Marvin Harrison. So if you're going to run a too high safety look one, 
you got to take advantage of the numbers. You got to be able to run the football uh, and make them pay, make them uh, bring a safety down into the box. And two, you got to be able to have a second wide receiver step up. If it's going to be a Mecca Ibuka, if it's going to be cased over a Julian Fleming, they got to have one other guy who's going to be able to make critical plays. Because I think about, I think back to 2014, Dave, when Ohio State beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. You know, you, Devin Smith made his plays, but you also had Jalen Marshall who made some critical um, plays. You had Evan Spencer who made some critical plays. We all know what, what Zeke did, but it was other guys. Michael Thomas, too. Michael, Michael, Thomas too. Michael Thomas, too. So you had your stars. Your stars, you know, made their plays like they should on the big stage, but it was the other players who mm -hmm. stepped up big time that really pushed Ohio State over the over the finish line there. And you're going to need you're going to need somebody else to be able to step up and make plays. I completely agree. And I think it has to be a Mecca. I think it has to be a Mecca. He's the guy, you know, I mean, him and Marvin, they both have to have big games. And the Buckeyes have to win this game through the year. I mean, they have to like try to run. But Georgia, as we all know, has the number one rush defense in the country, number 51 passing defense. So, you know, it's fun to say we got it, you know, we're going to beat them with the run. Not in this game. Like, just beat them with the pass. You got to yeah. run. You got to keep them honest. But, like, I was, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, when it, Ryan Day, please do not uh, abandon what's working. I don't care if Ohio State needs to throw for 600 yards and rush for five. If that's running, if that's working, just keep doing it because I feel like there's times where Day gets stubborn. He wants to prove a point when it comes to his play calling. You know, you think about Northwestern with Trey Sermon. Just give the man the football. He's balling. Just just let him keep running the ball. I mean, even in the Michigan game, Chip Trainum was running wild against Michigan. If he'd have kept feeding him the football, he'd have had over 100 yards against the number two team in the country. There's so many times where something is working and they will try to deviate from that when I don't need I don't think it needs to be done. So until Georgia can prove that they can actually stop the pass, just keep airing that bad boy out. Yeah, let's get into I I think, you know, obviously turnovers are going to be big. Whoever wins the turnover battle, I feel like Ohio State at least needs to be even in that department at the very worst minus one. You get, I really don't see Ohio State, Ohio State being able to win this game if they had like minus two on turnovers. I think they either need to win the turnover battle or, or have a stalemate, to be frank. Right. Um, beyond that, they have to at least like hold their own at the line of scrimmage. You know, they have to win the battle against Georgia's O line. I don't know if they can like win the battle against Georgia's D line, but they can't like lose it. You know what I mean? They have to, the, the O line has to at least have a stalemate with this fantastic Georgia defensive line. And Georgia's defensive line is better in the interior than on the edge, but it's a fantastic D-line, as we all know. Get into that. I mean, they, the Buckeyes have to win the battle line of scrimmage. Got to. Got to. Any, anytime you're playing um, a team like Georgia who is physical, who is disciplined, who they're extremely aggressive, they're very well coached, you can't win this football game without winning up front. That's the bottom line. When you're in championship football, everything starts up front. The two areas that I'm looking at, Dave, is how Ohio State is controlling the line of scrimmage and two, the penalties and the discipline. Did they clean that up? Because if you look at the last two games of the season against Maryland, against Michigan, they had 20-plus penalties for almost 200 yards in those two games. And because of that, they were just consistently shooting themselves in the foot. So is Ohio State, you know, playing disciplined football? It's one thing to go out there jacked up 
fired up, but can you harness that energy and play controlled, disciplined football? So that's something that I would definitely be looking for. But with, with that offensive line there, Dave, you know, if, if they're if they're giving C.J. Stroud the time to go back there and deal, I can see him throwing for, you know, touching on 400 yards this game. Uh, you look at LSU through for 500 yards. I know the Georgia fans are being here say, well, a lot of that was against our second stringers late in the games. But bottom line is they struggle in the secondary. If CJ can get the time, he should have a, a really big day. I did like what Kevin Wilson said. He kind of gave a little shout out to Georgia. You know, you don't want to give any bulletin board material. You want to like build them up, right? Not that you really need to build them up that much. They're defending national champs. They're the number one seed for a reason. But somebody asked Kevin Wilson about, hey, LSU threw for 500 yards against Georgia. And Kevin Wilson said, and they lost by 20. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, okay, that's fun. Like, okay, how about, you know, that's fun that they had 500 yards passing and they lost by 20. All right, let's get into the other playoff semifinal. TCU, Michigan. Who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you put me on the spot, Dave, and, and this is going to be recorded. Somebody can go back anytime and watch it and say, Jay Book's rooting for Michigan. I, for this one moment, I want Michigan to win because I want that rematch, Dave. If Ohio I, State wins, but we won't. If Ohio, if Ohio State win. wins. Yeah. I mean, in the perfect world, Michigan wins, Ohio State wins, we have the rematch is going to break every ratings known to man. That would be the most watched college football game in the history. Having a Michigan Ohio state, we probably would never see it again in our lifetime, a Michigan versus Ohio state national championship game. I mean, theoretically in the future, it can happen, but the chances are slim. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to see that type of rematch, the atmosphere, the hype going into that game. Uh, if Ohio state can, go on to win that national championship, it would be a storybook ending to this season where uh, uh, there's been so much negativity clouding the program after that Michigan loss. I just think that it gives the, the program an opportunity to take it to the next level if they were able to win the national championship and that came off the back of a revenge game against Michigan. All right, you're wearing the Ohio University shirt. You are a former player for the Bobcats and today in your now home state um, you're going to go down to Tucson and watch your Bobcats against Wyoming and I hear that your in-laws are Wyoming grads and so there's a little strife in in the in the Booker like uh, family right now like uh, but get into it so you're going to go watch your boys down in Tucson today against Wyoming. Yep, I'm going down to the Arizona Bowl here in a couple hours. I'm going to drive on down there, Tucson, watch the Bobcats, have a, have a couple brews with some with some guys, and take the family and stuff down there. But I'm going to talk some smack to the to my in laws, the Wyoming Cowboys. So they're not going to be able to make it, but I sure as heck will be uh, running my mouth to them after the Bobcats go down there and and get them a bowl victory. If, if I, I can't remember the last time the Bobcats actually won a bowl, so if they win if they win a game, you guys might see me on bar. Still TV out there on the 50 yard line celebrating with the team or something. You should be your former player. I mean, you should be out there with them. Um, did you guys ever go to a bowl when you were playing? We didn't go. Never. We're, okay. Yeah, we were well, terrible. That was pre pre Frank Solich, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was pre. All of a sudden, it was pre. Yeah. My my freshman year was uh it was um it was uh what's the coach's name? He went to Wake Forest. But anyways, we were we were very good. Uh, my my very first freshman year after that, 
we hired the defensive co- coordinator, Brian Knorr, as the head coach, and That's it right. went all downhill, and then they fired him. And then I was sandwiched in between that gap when they were good, and then under the previous regime, then they were terrible, and then Frank Solich came in there and just completely turned the program around. And so those guys, they really stepped it up. But I'm excited for it. They're get a little MAC action, do a little live betting on the game while I'm in there inside the stadium to see see what's going on. So it, it's going to be a great day for football. A lot of good games uh, going on today, but tomorrow. I'm excited, Dave. I just think that Ohio State has the opportunity to go out there and shock the world. And, and I'm just curious to see how they're going to be able to respond after that Michigan loss. And I truly believe that they're going to answer the bell. They're going to be able, they're going to go down there and play with an intensity because they know in order to stay in this game, in order to win this game, you got to match Georgia's intensity because they're dealing with some grown men. When, when they're going up against the dogs. And if you don't bring your A game, you don't buckle that chin strap and, and put in that mouthpiece, you will get ran out, ran out of that stadium. I've had a lot of questions. This is uh, from Joe on uh, YouTube. Do we see Amari Abor and Sonny Styles tomorrow? There's been other questions about Sonny Styles and some young guys. Uh, get into that a little bit, Jay Buck. I can give my take, but um, do you think we're going to see some young guys that we really haven't seen that much tomorrow night? I don't think I don't think Abar. I don't think you're going to see him. Uh, Sonny Styles is a possibility because of his size, uh, being able to match up against some of those athletic tight ends because he does bring that size speed combination that you're looking for. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little bit of Sonny Styles. Yeah, I agree with you. We're not going to see Abor. My biggest thing is like, when I answer questions like this is like, listen, if you haven't seen a guy very much during the season, you're not going to see him all of a sudden in the CFP. Now they're healthy. Like this yeah. is like this is not the time that Sonny Styles might be a guy that they because I, I have no doubt he's going to be a future star here. But like I've been asked about other young guys like, well, this guy or this guy get in. It's like if Jaden Ballard hasn't played like during the regular season very much, do you think he's going to play a lot in this game? Like, we don't get to see practice except for like 10, 15 minute like clips here and like in Atlanta. I wonder if he, if Jaden Ballard is not like practicing well, because we know he's got speed. We know he's talented, but he's not playing. Um, yeah. he's, the number, he's the number five wide receiver. So that's what I would say. If you're thinking think about young guys that really haven't played much, um, I don't think you're going to see them tomorrow night. But, but I'll, we'll I'll, I'll say this, Dave. You look at Dallin Hayden, had a heck of a year for a freshman, 500 yards of rushing going into the Michigan game play out of his mind the week before against Maryland huge game against Michigan what happened we didn't see him we didn't see Dallin Hayden so a guy that has proven that he can play at this level had you know 500 yards rushing going into that Michigan game because the stakes were so high and they don't feel comfortable starting guys as freshmen or or guys that haven't played a lot if they're not willing to do that with Dallin Hayden to give him at least a few carries against Michigan, I highly doubt that they're going to play guys who've yet to even produce at all this season. Great stuff out of Jonah Booker. This is exciting, my man. Uh, we do all these shows on Friday, and now we have the college football playoff semifinal tomorrow. Great stuff, as always, from Jay Book. Appreciate it, my friend. Um, thanks to all of you for tuning in. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.